Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 271. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sendinsky. Hello. Hello, I'm Ryan Sendinsky, your co-host, and we are reformatting the show moving forward to talk about 1970s fashion. On this episode, we are talking about belted sweaters and how to keep your gold Zodiac pennant from getting caught in your chest hair. And all of what he said is incorrect. (laughs) Uh, All right. Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage on this open-ended... Oh, god damn it, Ryan. (laughs) Fuck it. Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage. I have a silver bullet. You have a hams. Yes, we do. I'm completely off my... You have a Colorado Kool-Aid. I do. I have a Dr. Pepper because we did not have time to go get Kofefi. Oh, that's a shame. It is. I like Kofefi. I had my first cup of Maca Master coffee in over a week this morning, and it was tremendous. I saw somebody on TikTok that was like, you don't know what you're missing out until you have one of these. And I was like, how does TikTok know? Well, it's the best. No, it is, but just the fact that 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 came across my feed organically. Uh Well, it's because AI, and you sold your soul to the Chinese government. Mm -hmm. So have fun. Oh, there you oh go. I have lots of fun. It's great. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's already there. It's been there. Like, <laughs> I don't mind. Everybody just... gets concerned about TikTok. I'm like, listen, statistically. I'm not concerned. I just get, it's, I think it's spooky and fun. Spooky like, and fun. Well, I mean, those are your adjectives, so I get that. All, all of our information has been stolen already, so mm-hmm. who cares? <laughs> I just, I can't, I cannot get behind any platform that has the ability to do autoplay video, and that oh, one yeah. absolutely does. Yes, it does. Um, that's literally the basis of that yep. app. No, I can't. Um, I can't handle that. Yeah, I think it's uh, pushing me away from Instagram now too. Yeah, Instagram's cursed. However, I will say somehow I get oh, I will man. take the same TikTok video and share it as a reel on Instagram mm-hmm. and get like twice as many views and reacts on Instagram as I do TikTok. Yeah, so that's what, reels. Um, yeah, no, a reels lot are of cursed. I, I just well, I, it's the same thing. I just yeah, ended up TikTok. doing. I somehow ended up being the guy who runs Community's TikTok because Dan doesn't want to and nobody else does. And I just live in real life where I'm like, you're trying to get Gen Z onto your social media app. You need to go to where they are. Correct. And I'm, of everybody it's that we know, the TikTok person who's... And yeah, and I'm more tolerant of stupid apps than other people. So here I am on TikTok. Well, I haven't seen you in the investor report under social media yet. I've seen five different faces on there, I swear, over the last year. I'm not entirely... Uh, I, I'm doing it uh, pro bono right now. Okay. So because I can't officially be on what with my actual job, <laughs> so I just help. Phrased in a good way, at least. What yep. with my actual job. And Corey, no, you. I don't have any cats here. We have no World here. Cup of Cars too happening. Hell yes. So I need to. There we go. Okay. Well, I think let's move on to World Cup of Cars to get this knocked out. Uh, I thought you said knocked up, and I was like, mm, nope. Not I, to, where's oh, it's a separate uh, is, is a separate page. page. Oh, okay, I think I see the Google. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I gotcha, can gotcha, gotcha. I'll no, add it to I the got top it. here. I got it. I got it. Well, I'm gonna add it to the top moving forward. Fine. Okay. Uh, put that up in the top up on the screen. screen. Mint. Very good. Anonymous sure. Rhino is pasting as we speak. There we go. Enter. There we go. Cool. Bam. All right, so World Cup of Cars. Uh, th- we have our semi-final? Quarter-final. Quarter-final. I've missed a lot, haven't I? No, we just did our we just did the group stage. Yeah, we've done two... We did two episodes of group yeah. stage, and now it's our semi-final 
It's it's got to be quarter, right? Quarterfinal, yes. One, quarterfinal. Two, I get this confused. Three, four, yeah, it's quarter and then semi and then actual, six, right? Eight. I don't know. What yeah, it's quarterfinal. Yeah, it's. I was quarter- just counting how many we had left. Sports. Uh, it is our quarterfinal. Okay. So we'll go our, with quarterfinal, everybody. For our Group A contendants that are moving on to the quarterfinal, we have Ecuador versus Netherlands. Oh yeah. Speaking of the Netherlands, I found a DAF daffodil for sale on Facebook Marketplace. Tremendous. Yes, which is better because it had the CBT oh, transmission. Oh, no. But what do you think this... T stands for in CBT, though? Good point. It had uh, the CBT um, Thank you. that would allow the car to go just as fast in reverse as it would oh, yes. forward. So that, <clears throat> Very good. So that's the one you want. Uh, that, it's the only car in which the CBT is objectively better than the manual. <laughs> it's the only car where Ryan showed it to me on Facebook Marketplace, and I was like... You could buy that before the wedding. Yeah, like it's, it's that cute. It's also I'm called a just look at them. Yeah, it's a great car. Yeah, and it happens to be called Daffodil, which is like... Adorable. And the fact that this reverse, you can go so fast in reverse. Mm-hmm. Two favorite things in the which, world. Which, well, I mean, yeah, it's fantastic. No, it's if you fun. ever lose the ability to motivate in a forward direction, exactly. go backward. And, still be fine. and then you're just, dri- you're just driving a forklift. Yeah, point. very twitchy steering. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then... So the DF Daffodil has very, very tough competition for Group A against the Amisa Condor GT. Oh, man. Uh, the Amisa Condor GT, as I'm sure nobody oh. remembers, is a Vauxhall Chevette and a Chevy Chevette, which is a Zuzu uh, Gemini, put together. And it's like a weirdly sporty package. It's one of these things where it's definitely slow car fast. Yeah. And it would probably be a blast to drive in Ecuador. This car looks like one of those AI-generated things where it just looks for patterns and then makes you a car. Yeah. No, that's exactly what this looks like. In a, like, in a good way. Yeah. Hell yeah. AI-generated like... art actually can be very cool if you use the right prompts. Because um, it's got like... One of those old Alfa Romeo Alfetta wheels or whatever, yeah. and it's got, yeah, it's the shape of a Chevette, but it's, it's got, like, yeah, the, the cow catcher with these really aggressively inward-pointed ducts. It's just, yeah, it's really cool. Which look like they might not even be ducts. <laughs> it looks like they might just be blocked off. No, they're, I think they're actually ducts. Um, <laughs> I don't know, the bottom picture just looks like... They could be replaced with fog lights in that. Well, it's already got... Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah, because those, are just, those might be fog lights, and then if they're not fog lights, it might be ducts. Ducks. Quack. 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 So, my question is, which one wins? The daffodil, which goes as fast in reverse as it does going forward, or the really cool sleeper Chevette hot hatch That's from... Man. I know. Yeah. No, I... Thank but God Janice go, here. I gotta go daffodil. Yeah. Daffodil? I think we're uh, giving it to the daffodil. All right. The condor is out. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and... What a ridiculous thing. I love it. Oh, Control my God. shift. Oh, fuck. <clears throat> um, what I, is the hotkey for um, uh, strike through? I, am, I will look it up. One sec. I need to figure this out. This is really good radio. I forgot the hotkey for strike through. I think it's control shift. Alt shift five. Alt shift five. That goes for you too, listeners. <laughs> If you're using Google Drive, Google Docs, Alt-Shift-5 is strike-through text. Yes. Oh, that is good to know. Bam, there you go. uh, For Group B, we have uh, the last World Cup of Cars 
uh, champion, the Zamyad Z24. What an adorable little guy. Just doing Ver- his best job. Versus the Gilbert and Genie. All right, oh, what? The Gilbert and Genie. Okay. Janet is oh, not aware yes. of the Gilbert and Genie. Yes, yes, yes. The Gilbert and Genie is... <clears throat> Welsh. It's Welsh. It is the greatest... Oh, if it's like, Welsh. It's the greatest combination say. of British automobile technology. Pretty much. Like, what engine's in it? It's a Triumph 6, right? It is a 6. It's a V6, yeah. Oh, it's um, a V6. Yeah, I believe it's the um, Cologne. Oh, wait, so it's a Cologne V6. Yeah, it in was... In a, uh, like a 2 plus 2, a GT, based off of like a Triumph TR6? Yeah, it's, it's based on a TR6, but it's got the body of like an Italian GT. And yeah. like it was also offered with the Morris Austin four-cylinder. But yeah, this this one here, at least, has with the With the Cologne. V6, yeah. is the one you want is the Cologne V6. With wire wheels. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so pretty. Yeah, it's a very cool car. Um, I just love that it looks like a mini Maserati, but it's based on a little British roadster. You know... <sighs> so it's yeah. somehow a little less unreliable. Yeah, no, the, <laughs> the Italians, or specifically Maserati, is the only company that can be out-reliabled by... Or, yeah. Well, especially, like, 70s Maserati. Yeah, no, they're the only company that could make Triumph like look good for reliability. Why the why can't the the Zomyad pictures aren't uh, pulling up here? Just Google Zomyad Z twenty four. Fine. Um, this is a really tough one. I think. What do you think, honey? The Gilbert and Genie or the Zomyad oh, Z twenty four? No. Yeah, it's really tough. Where's the Genie from? Wales. Wales. Oh, and then what's so there's the, the Gilbert and Genie, and then here's the Zomyad Z twenty four doing what Zomyad Z twenty four. Which one is I, the Genie? I think... Because Welsh. Yeah, but, I mean, looking at them as actual products, not just from the country, it's very difficult. I think, the I think this is why the Zamyad won last time, too. Because the Zamyad is just such a workhorse. I mean, just look at it. Like, all of them ever have just been doing this sort of thing. Like, I don't even... It looks like a dirigible in a, in a bag in the back of it or something. I don't know, Wales. So, Janet, you said you said Gilburn. I'm going to say. You don't Zamyad. have to worry about hurting my feelings. No, I no. With my heart. No, that's the thing is, I have to vote with my heart too, and my heart is very, very split, and I'm edging towards Zamyad Z24, just because it is an objectively perfect pickup truck. It's a knockdown done right. Yeah. However, I don't like pickup trucks, so I'll tiebreaker, and we're going to give it to the Gilburn Genie. Cool. Woo. All right. <laughs> you know, Solves that one. I'm all right with that, because <clears throat> then there's the politics of Iran, so. <laughs> Not too much. I mean, it won last year. I mean, last time we did it, four years ago. Alt-Shift 5? Uh, yes. Ah, I got it. Yay. Perfect. All right. The Gilburn Genie, by just the hair of skin its chin. T- yeah. Hair of its chinny skin teeth. Yes. It gets fast. <laughs> all right. So, Group C. <laughs> We move on to, oh, oh no. no, this is a tough one. Oh, gosh. The Fiat Polski 126P oh, no. versus the Persang. Oh, no. Do you have a oh, modern pre-war Bugatti? Man. Or the Polish Bugatti? We are going to have an entire country that hates us after this, no matter what we do. Well, oh, man. I'm going to go ahead and say the Fiat Polski 126P because that does not exist because of Nazis. It actually kind of does. <laughs> but not directly. <laughs> Only. 
Only partially. Only. Yeah. It's like a slightly more degree of separation. It, Poland lost its independence because of World War II, which oh gave them God. the 126 P. But the Persang was made because Nazis existed. So I'm absolutely in favor of Poland. But we well, yeah, two can take. What's your the percentage choice. take rate of 126 P to Nazis versus Type 35s? Oh, Nazis. probably zero. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, so, Type 35s. Well, per saying type 35s, zero. Well, well, can you say zero conclusively? Yeah. Okay. Because Mossad exists. Okay. <laughs> and they took all of them away. Okay. But um, <laughs> per saying did get their start by putting together, you know, parts kits for these old, like, pre-war Bugattis that just magically ended up in Argentina following World War II. I don't know Strange. how they ended up. All these new immigrants just decided Argentina was great. Is this like the... All the tractors that ended up in uh, Ukraine? Well, the year? tractors were there. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> or sorry, tanks. New tanks. tanks. All their new tanks. New yes, tractors they were left there. are they were formerly left there. tanks. Yes, yes. 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 Um, I, 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 I'm going to have to put my foot down this on the Fiat Polsky 126B. They have similar racing pedigrees. Post-war always wins for me, so I'm, I'm into this. Okay, cool. So, Jan, are you... <sighs> okay, I really like... The little red guy. The little red guy. Okay, right. we're Certainly. unanimous. That's a unanimous wow. Fiat Polsky. I mean, just look at the 126. Well, and then just the look op- at it. You just want to pinch his just, cheek. I think the Bugatti's cool, but I feel like, you know, any pre-war car now, is like that. Had this been 126P versus the Beast of Turin, I would have had a hard time. Yeah. I would have still said the 126P. Okay, all right. Now, I love the Beast of Turin. Don't get me wrong. But they've only made two. They made two? I thought they only made one. There were two. Whoa. Where's the other one? Is it dead? Is it gone? I think it is, yeah. Or it's like unknown. Duncan's going to find it. I'm sure. Well, Duncan found, Duncan Pitaway found this one in Australia. Yeah. Like in a barn. Well, and then he can have a daily driver one, and then he can have a race car one. And then he can tow one with the other. And don't give him ideas. You put, a, you put a tow <laughs> he bar. Might, he might go ahead and do that. Of course he would. Look so, at Duncan. For uh, one second here. So okay. group D, A, B, C. Oh, man. Oh, I've got a huge bias on this one. I might have to let you guys decide. All right, so um, we are going to do Group D, and then the rest we're going to do next episode. Uh, group D will be France versus Tunisia. Now, which one wins? The Renault Aventime or the Ooh, Wally's Car Iris? No. The Wally's Car Iris is similar to the a... Um, a Misa Condor being perfect for Ecuador, a Wally's car Iris is absolutely perfect for Tunisia. It is, it a, is a strange thing. It is, we looked it up. It's offered as manual. Yes. It's got like a French powertrain or something, so it should be fine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a newish car. Aventine. And here's a, here's a French car with a Japanese powertrain. I um, want more people to know about Wally's car and how wacky they are. Oh, yes. I'm a big fan of this company. Uh, well, they made they, it this far. Yeah, they make goofy things, and I feel like more people should talk about Wally's car. Because if you remember last time we did the World Cup of Cars, Wally's car made some trash. <laughs> the Iris has come out since then, oh. and the Iris is actually good. Well, it's because it's based on not things that they came up with. Yes, but, I mean, yeah. And the Aventime is just things that they've come up with that were as good as they are. Not marketable by any stretch. No, and that was very much proven by the sales record of the vehicle. All right, well, as much as I want the Wise Carters to win, I think we're going to 
go ahead and give this one to the Aventine. The Aventine. I would have tiebreaked so it had you voted for the Wally's car. Sorry, Wally's car. Try again next year. Yeah, that's or what, next that, time. That's next why. That's why I said, yeah, this one doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to go forward. And okay. next episode, we will finish the other half of mm-hmm. our semifinals. Groups E through H. Yes. Edward through Henry. I think there's only three on that side, but whatever. Doesn't whatever. Matter. Um, all right. All right. So, right. on to some of our topics. Yeah, let me just pop this in the notes so I remember. I think all of my topics are either directly from... No, they're not all directly from. But half of my topics are from Deutsche Welle, which is the German BBC... I, I watch think, it. Yeah, you were telling me about this. I watch it regularly. It's great. I love <laughs> Deutsche Welle. Um, but yeah, so have you ever wondered what it's like to refurbish a classic car in Ghana? You know? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Nobody else has. <laughs> However, I found out about it, and the answer is a giant scrapyard, okay. a physical bazaar, Several blocks long of retailers selling used car parts. B-A-Z-A-A-R? Yeah. Okay. And a lot of hand tools. Oh, my. And there's this guy who actually like restores stuff like 190Es and BMW that. 2002s. But this is the thing. He does this in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Does not have like Amazon or Google available <laughs> to him. He just has the stuff available... In the several long, like blocks long, physical used parts bazaar, huh. and actually gets these cars functional, which, you know, to be fair, is hard enough in the United States. Like you've had a basket case of a sixteen oh two project, sixteen hundred predates it. Yeah, sorry, sixteen hundred. Uh, yeah, but I mean, most of the parts I buy, yeah, I air freight them from other countries because yeah, they don't guy, exist anywhere. This guy does this all domestically. And, and his he's like his one ninety daily. He did the same thing with, and restoring a damaged part is a lot harder than replacing a damaged part. And I'm guessing almost all of what he does is just like restoring the original part. Yeah, unless he can find it. But like, and they're not like Sweet. they're not exact like like one for one replications. Like I say the term restore because he lives in Ghana. If this was America, it would definitely be a rough refurbishment. But this is the thing, is he takes... Using BAT terms. Yeah. He takes (laughs) not functioning German cars and makes them functioning and nice. I see like a C43 AMG in there. It's just like, that's not the kind of thing I would expect to see. I think if you scroll down, there's going to be some more information on him. Nope, there's not. Never mind. Uh, Wow. Wow. News story sites are just cancerous. Yeah. Uh, It is actually a video. I could play that. Yeah, you could just play the video and just mute it. But, uh, no, I just thought that this was super interesting because whenever I get frustrated with my projects, I think of this dude's existence. You have it so much better. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Well, yeah, if you look at his cool. yard, yeah, he's, he's got, even has like a 126. Like, yep. Yeah, well, W126 is well, not a Fiat 126. <laughs> that is, but, okay, it's worth clarifying right now. Well, we were just talking right. about Fiat 126s, <laughs> and they're two very different things. And two very different difficulties for refurbishment. Yes. But yeah, if you like, look, like he's like literally, like these cars are not like organized. They're just right. piles of scrap cars that are just like yeah. in a field. Yeah, like and, you would have to know exactly what the cylinder head you're looking for looks like yeah, before exactly. you go out into the, the jungle of the car parts land. But it yeah, looks like he's got parts cars too, right? Yeah, he does have some parts cars. Like obviously you have to, but I just think that's really cool that like he does this just to keep these cool old cars working. I, it's a hot... Yeah, it is a Civic, yeah. 
He's got his, like, yeah. that's one of his 190s. Like, like I said, it's not, like, right. not a perfect, like, restoration. But, right. yeah, you see what he's dealing with here. He's doing a really great job. Like, this guy's crushing it. I can build a that car. That's a C43. Wow. Do I, I think this is better for the environment to keep these cars running? Uh, so that's actually the thing. Deutsche Vela, whenever they do this, they do a thing called green. This is actually on their green mobility segment. And yeah, because otherwise stuff like this, you know, would just sit there and rot. Also, a lot of people like this is for classic cars. A lot of people keep like, a lot of people use, and, uh, (laughs) but a lot of people would just end up not having cars and you have why these weird old Chinese cars that just like. But this sit is there, yeah. About, yeah, yeah. Like those weird old Chinese cars, like would just be like in the scrapyard, just leaking coolant into the into the earth. <laughs> now they're actually functioning and giving this guy a way to like live. So as opposed to making a whole new car, yeah, this is much more green than making a whole new car from scratch. So, but yeah, I think it's really interesting what they're able to do, and just like it, it's pretty much all hand tools that they use. Yeah, I'm watching them break down this mobility bus, and yeah. they've just got pry bars and hammers. Yeah, and they're doing it. It's I think that's this is just absolutely fascinating. But yeah, this is the bazaar that I was talking about. It's literally a giant bazaar of used parts retailers. Yeah, and it's not automotive only. Like everything, there's like air conditioners. Ooh, is that a four EFE? No, this is actually just automotive stuff in this bazaar. Oh. Yeah, this is a just automotive bazaar. Wow. Cool. Look at that. So I'm watching. It's terrible terrible audio. but Places that I want to go in real life. That guy was literally smacking bolt heads off of a transmission case to split it because they didn't have a socket. Yeah, he just broke them off. It's incredible. That is incredible. Places that I want to go, like in my life, is I want to go to this place. Right. In Ghana. This looks Imagine the weird shit you could find. Oh my god. I would have the <coughs> worst sort of question from TSA. No. I we I'll talk <laughs> about this a little bit later, but uh I brought some odd car parts back in my carry on. <laughs> they're just they're like, you can't bring this on. I'm like, where on your list of of contraband is this not allowed? I looked it up ahead of time because I thought I was gonna run into issues. Said it was totally fine, and yeah. P- people in front and behind me had their bags checked. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, so as long as it's devoid of oil and grease, you can put whatever you want on an airplane. Perfect. Yeah, That's except good for um, wow, look at that red interior. I know. Except for the pot bottles they sell in Galaxy Edge at Disney World. Um, in their Star Wars unit, they have uh, different shaped pot bottles, hmm. and they're round with a small lid. So. They were getting confused for grenades. Great. It's like one of those little The problem has now since been resolved, and you can bring them on planes, but when Galaxy Edge first opened, it was such a problem that uh, TSA had to put it on the list of banned items. Oh my god, that's really cursed. (laughs) I I mean, I suppose it's metal and it's that shape, so it probably flags it. Well, it's not metal, they're plastic, but they're still that shape, so they had to retrain their systems. Imagine doing a firmware update on TSA x-ray scanners. Oh, it'd be horrible. Oh my god. So, one of the things that he's actually looking for, this guy that um, that they're interviewing, is looking for, is he had to find an upper radiator hose for a 2.3190E in Ghana. 
without sure. without Amazon or Rock Auto availability. He had to physically find these items. And it's not a particularly weird hose, but it does have a couple bends in it, and that's the kind of thing where you do need it the to be ben, pretty the close. The bends make it impossible to find, like on a because ra- like that's the thing is like like people go, oh, that shouldn't be that hard. No, if you can't like just kink a radiator hose, right? That doesn't. It will work. just collapse and stop yeah, flowing. That will just like heat up your whole, like overheat your whole car. Oh, heavy Yaris. Yeah, and so he actually uh, refurbishes these and puts them on one of his cars. But yeah, he's got like I just think it's just so fascinating that they have like like literally no help at all, and they're able to make this just function. I just think that's the coolest thing in the world. Or even like formal training, yeah. Well, yeah, no formal training. Like, God, if I didn't go to like auto tech and I was trying to do this, like, oh my God, especially if I was in just like the desert Mm -hmm. and having to like, yeah, this is very difficult, but this guy makes a career out of it. I think it's absolutely fascinating. I'm trying to get to his name. Okay, so the clip where he's driving the car away with the makeshift radiator hose, it is hemorrhaging coolant. Yes. Yeah, big fo- yeah. So his name is uh, Sakudu J. Uh, Buari Jr. So yeah, very cool dude. Uh, absolutely worth uh, getting a spotlight on German BBC Deutsche Villa. <laughs> so that's uh, if you ever want to be a car enthusiast in Ghana, that's what that's like. That sounds more interesting than being a car enthusiast in an area where you do have access to I Amazon. Think what's funny so. is this guy makes better cars than most people in rural minnesota oh yeah even not so rural minnesota probably yeah i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give the twin cities a break but like because like yeah but i mean rural minnesota you should be able to build a reasonable car because you live next to a junkyard also and you have amazon and you have the whole internet and it's a two or three hour drive max to the cities if you do need a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. exactly this guy like he's got a several day flight if he needs to get to which, like a summit racing like <laughs> distribution center, which would be quite expensive and time consuming. More importantly, yes, time is money. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, on something way less heartening, uh, I'm sure you saw this because I think I saw your reaction. But I think I sent it to you. Why the hell I saw it on the Facebook? But okay, so the new Z, which was code name 400 Z, the new Z. Nissan, for some godforsaken reason, Nobody has asked for this. stretched it vertically into a crossover no. and has built one for no. an auto show. Nobody asked for this. No. We don't want this. No, we do not want this. Nobody said they wanted this. This is like a Japanese Levante. Just stop it. Oh, Just no. This, it. The thing is, with a Levante, a Levante has a purpose where people actually buy it. Because like a Levante at least says Maserati on it. This is just a True. Nissan. You're not going to buy a Nissan. Plus, you already have the Murano. <laughs> and make the, the Murano. And just all this other Ma- make garbage. Your current, make your current crossovers better. Don't bastardize a good car. So I just... Okay. I mean, a long time ago, especially like when Mitsubishi took the Eclipse name and put it on the Eclipse Cross, we saw a rumor, and we covered it years ago, about Nissan contemplating bringing the Z or the Fair Lady name to... And the Eclipse Cross is clearly so competitive. Yeah, that did so well. Yeah, and so did the Blazer. Oh, God. Also, a great exercise in um, in using your name correctly. The Bronco Mm -hmm. versus the Blazer. Mm -hmm. Similar vehicles, Mm -hmm. historically. Now they're not. Correct. And the Bronco is eating... 
all of Chevy's combined crossovers for launch. I wonder why. Yeah. Because all of Chevy's crossovers are the exact same soulless, boring, purposeless piece of unibody junk. And the full-size Bronco is actually... Good. Yeah. It yeah. does It does the thing that it was engineered to do really well. Yeah. There's a... Um, it, actually, I love that they made a Raptor version of Bronco. And that's I know, right? The Raptor. Not officially, though. That's just... No, like that's a, just what everybody calls right, it. Right, yeah, the Raptor. The Raptor. It's a great name. <laughs> but, um, no, the Bronco is just a great vehicle. Like, even when you get into the weird, bad automatics like it's still a great vehicle like mm-hmm. an automatic bronco badlands is better than quite literally any gm suv manual or automatic even considering your bronco badlands will be in the back of a dealership yeah for quite a while awaiting new cylinder heads yeah uh, it's no, still better I mean, like if you just get literally any bronco automatic or manual i would say an automatic bronco is better than a manual gm crossover if in a hypothetical world that existed, maybe. Well, I mean, like, it, yeah, like if you had a manual Trax, which the first generation Trax did come with a manual front wheel drive only version, okay. that I would take a automatic Bronco over that. Reason being that a autom- a manual front wheel drive Trax is just a worse Isn't that version. A do? Yeah, it's just a worse Chevy like Spark, not Spark, Chevy uh, Sonic. Sonic. It's just a worse Sonic. So I'm not going to reward them for putting a manual transmission into a worse vehicle and not offering it with all-wheel drive. They just made it worse, and they're like, here, people like manuals, so here's your manual option as the worst possible version. I'm still not sure I would lean the same way, but I get what you're saying. No, but if there's a manual, a manual Bronco will defeat all, literally any any single, there is no American vehicle. And no American no. truck I would buy over a manual Bronco. That is my number one American truck. What's a buy. non-American truck you would buy over it? It just gets hard so because I have to think about things. Um, Vinfast? Okay. <laughs> I think of Vinfast I'd buy over it, actually. <laughs> okay. Because at the end of the day, it's still a truck. Ooh, no, any K truck, actually. Okay. Yeah, any, literally okay. any K truck. Fair, yeah. fair, fair, fair. I would take any okay. K truck. I would take... Zamyad, obviously. Oh, yeah. That goes without but, saying. But, like, things that are actually available in America that are not um, that that are not American trucks that I would buy over a Bronco would probably be a Vinfast and possibly a Tacoma TRD Pro. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, that, that thing, boy, that has been just refined over the last... The thing is, is, like, I know it's automatic only, but I also what know is? that the... Taco TRD Pro. Really? Yeah. They pulled the six-speed finally? Well, in the TRD Pro. Oh. I'm pretty sure you can only get that with an automatic. Hmm. But the reason I'm saying that is I, that automatic will work when the Bronco blows up because the Bronco's a dumb American truck and has, will have time and chain problems. The TRD Pro will not. It already does, thank yeah. goodness. The TRD Pro will not. So oh, that's God. why I would buy the Taco over the Bronco because I know it will work. I will have overall less fun... But I will consistently have fun. I was talking with my Lyft driver yesterday coming back from the airport. The first guy was in a Sienna, and it was 15 minutes away. And he canceled on me the minute he got to the airport. So I waited 15 (laughs) minutes for this guy to just come to me. Second guy immediately picked up in a 2013 Grand Caravan with 400,000 miles on it. That's incredible. I talked to the guy. He's like, it's the original Trans. I did have to put one engine in it. I'm like, that's amazing. 
That's really wild. So I just had a conversation the entire time with him about his vehicle, how he maintained it, his history with it. How do then you do that? How he do was do asking, it's like fluid changes, that's it. Yeah, that's her. Like he had a Master Guard oil change sticker on his windshield, so clearly he's just doing it in his driveway or something, but like super duper nice guy. That's incredible. It was fun. Original trans in a Grand Caravan 33. With four hundred thousand miles, that's on. bananas. It's nuts, and it didn't. It didn't hiccup. It didn't flare. The trans felt fine. Wow. The engine didn't sound super good. What's the three three? <clears throat> the fact that it's only on its second three three is kind of amazing. Yeah, that's insane. You know, Trigg's dad, he cleared the odometer on a Plymouth Breeze. Oh my god. He did that by doing <laughs> fluid changes, and he didn't follow manufacturer's recommendation. He knew better. And our conversation went that way, because he's yeah. like, oh, I was thinking about getting X, Y, and Z. I'm like, don't do that, because the manufacturer is telling you to maintain it incorrectly. Yeah. So, like, if you really want a new car, like, you just have to end up in a Honda or a Toyota. Because, yeah, like, well, those will still work. This they is the thing. is 20-year-old engines. Like, I, I know a lot of people, most people all listen to us regularly know why manufacturers do that. Correct. But when you have your emissions requirements, they have to report to the government. Cafe carb stuff. Yeah, yeah. your cafe carb stuff, that <laughs> includes the maintenance over the life of the vehicle. Oh, uh, over the warranty period. Sorry, oh, over the warranty period of the vehicle. Yeah, life. Um, Pretty much these yeah. days, yeah. But um, that maintenance back. period over the warranty of the vehicle, if you're saying, oh, you have to do your oil changes every... I could hear this sweater. Oh, sorry. sorry. If you um, if you do your oil changes every 10,000 miles, yeah, with, it'll be with, fine during warranty. It will completely explode at 100,000 miles, though. Well, I was talking to him, too. He's like, we're using thinner and thinner oil for longer intervals. And yep. like the real kicker, it's not even the thinness of the oil. It's DI. It's yeah. direct injection. Yeah, because that is not operating under such high pressure; it's blowing fuel past the rings into the oil, mm-hmm. and the engines don't get hot enough to get rid of everything. Yeah. So if you don't really, really fervently change out your oil every like five thousand miles on a DI car, especially with zero to be sixteen in it, yeah, you're no. gonna break it. You will absolutely. It's just gonna happen. That's why, like with the Fiat, I'm absolutely. I just use five thirty, just normal oil. Because I don't want to put in super watery oil. Because I know the turbo how... engine is supposed to have forty, or you know, what I mean five forty. Okay. Sorry, I'm used to Japanese cars. Well, the regular five hundred specs thirty. Yeah. So, but th- th- as opposed to, yeah, so five forty. But as opposed to running your normal like right. European car water oil. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I'm putting in normal oil that I would put into a Toyota. Correct. Because that works better. Mm-hmm. And, like, with Good Karma, they found that not doing what Volkswagen said regularly made the car more reliable. Shocking. Yeah, and you could tell the people that came to Good Karma for catastrophic issues only versus the people that came in for their normal maintenance because mm-hmm. the normal maintenance people... Had TIG ones that had just new problems, not redoing the same problem. Sure. Whereas I worked there long enough where I saw the same person put in two sets of timing chains in their TIG one. Because they put in their set of timing chains and they drove it another 70,000 miles doing Volkswagen recommended maintenance, even though we told them not to. Oh, God. And then they put in another timing chain. Watching somebody like that, watching their face when you explain to them that the manufacturer's wrong. About their own product is just like they don't understand, the, and like I even explained, I'm right. like, I'm like, I know that the manufacturer says this, but the manufacturer has ulterior motives. Right, so they have they're motivation. Trying to, they're trying to push this vehicle through emissions. Correct. And like, the, and like I also sound like you have to remember, this is the same manufacturer that also cheated 
on diesel emissions to sell diesel cars. <laughs> right. So like really cannot trust them on emissions. <laughs> but yeah, they push these cars through emissions, but they do so by just lying to your face about it. Well, oh yeah. I, it's funny cuz you would know each customer's name and you I always knew which ones were the ones that were infrequently because of catastrophic issues. <laughs> And I'd be able to just like drop somebody's first name. I'm like, yes. Yeah, so like, oh, I know the car. <laughs> or it would know the people that came in for regular maintenance because they did come in more often than you know sure. you normally Jan would. would. Like, well, wonder why be. I'm like stressed out. I'm like, oh yeah, Jill is in today. She's oh yeah. <laughs> and then like the regular guys so like sorry. Pavel that came in at regular intervals, as good karma suggested, mm-hmm. and they were they were much happier and much nicer. Like they would often leave treats for everyone. Nice. Every time Pavel came in, he'd always bring in uh, Pilsner, Urkel, and uh, Polish chocolates, chocolates for Jana. Good it's, man. He's an incredible human being. If you ever need your face rebuilt, uh, go to Pavel, because that's what he does. There's always a Pavel for something. Yeah. There's a Pavel for there's everybody. There's a Pavel yeah. for everybody. <laughs> yeah, pa- there's Pavel for Tesla problems, and Pavel for facial reconstructive <laughs> surgery and learning how to sail boats. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a hell of a tangent. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> There's a Pavel Dead for everything. On. There is a Pavel for I've everyone. I've never run to a problem that somebody named Pavel cannot fix. Simultaneously, a lot of Pavels that really can't help. Yeah, So you've got to know your Pavels. Yeah, you, you got to make sure you have the right Pavel. But there, there's a Pavel for everything. Um, well, I mean, yeah, you, you know what? Speaking of it, there's a Pavel for everything. There's a Pavel for sending other people to Pavels because you listen to the wrong Pavel. That's what true. You have to, do. You you have to get multiple Pavel points yeah, to they, plot your Pavel chart yeah, to get and, to the right Pavel. Yeah, and, and even the Pavels have other lesser Pavels, which do things poorly. Sorry, <laughs> to no longer is. sound like a name. <laughs> so, uh, on that uh, bombshell, we are going to move on to Chinese EV scooters. Oh, yes. And uh, have you heard of Gogoro? Not until we just know. Also, a great that sounds like name. Totoro, but Gogoro. Totoro. Yeah, exactly. It's a great name. Um, so the pop, the <laughs> the uh, Taiwanese Gogoro uh, EV scooter program looks really awesome. They're actually expanding out of Taiwan into Israel and Singapore. Um, so what they have is currently they have twenty two hundred battery swap stations in Taiwan. Yeah, for like scooters, they're just like short range electric scooters. They're great. They look stinking adorable too. Yes, they're very cute. Honey, look at this screen. Look how cute these guys are. Oh, yeah. I've they look seen like uh, Yamaha did like a really boxy rounded off they 49cc like yeah. 20 years ago. It looks kind of like that. Oh, the uh, C2. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a C2. I like those. Yeah, the C2s are very cool, and I see them for sale on Facebook Marketplace fairly regularly. I kind of want one. Now, that's an electric conversion <sighs> candidate right there. Yeah, and that's basically what Gorgoros look like. And I think that this is a perfect solution to your. Inner city, low range EVs. Oh, I see like, on the dash here, like, and we'll get to the battery swapping yeah. again, but like, it shows two batteries in there, so it's yeah, clearly there are designed two batteries, yeah. to have you know user swappable. It, exactly, and you you just pop it out. Like, yeah. it's it's super easy. It's like my snowblower, I'm sure. Yeah, you just, yeah, it's just like pulling the battery off like a Ryobi drill. Um, just bigger, probably. Yeah, it's just bigger. <laughs> That's all it is. And then you just you take it to the swap site and you pop in a new one, and then you can just like charge them at home. But I think that this is perfect um, for something like so if you get what the Mitsubishi iMaev was. Mm-hmm. Imagine how much more u- useful that would be if you had a swappable battery. 
And like they were just swap stations at like yeah. like highway rest stops. Like I could then drive an I my of to Chicago yeah. and be fine. Yep. And just swap out batteries. Yeah, it would just be perfect. swapping every like what forty miles or something. That would be really 50, helpful yeah. because America's so vast. Yeah, and so I think that something like this is is the play. And I think that there's a added safety benefit when you have when you have people actually stopping at rest stops because like you can drive past them and then you kinda go, you know, you start getting tired. Yeah. And you stop paying as much attention. Fuel ranges on some modern vehicles are, are longer insane. than the human range. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I know my range is about four hundred miles. Like a lot before. of diesels are 800 miles. Like yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to cycle the, you don't have to get out of the car. No, you can go at interstate I, speed. I am a, I, I am a 400 mile person. About 200 is when I should take a break, but I can do 400 before I'm dead. Um, <laughs> theoretically, I might die between <laughs> two and four. It takes but, a lot of planning with the bladder for me, but I yeah, probably could. No, I could definitely <laughs> do 400 miles. Um, but mm, I don't know if I should. I should probably stop at 200, rest myself. Electric road trips are a, awesome. Yeah, because it does actually force you to forces stop you to break it up. And yeah, I think because that... in the CRX we'd make it to Chicago in impeccable timing because we did not stop. No. Yeah, no, the CRX right is on the prime example of, yeah. of no. I would have enough gas left in the CRX to drive around in Chicago, drive back, and then refill in like Toma. Jeez. Yeah, no, the CRX is an insane fuel economy because it was nice, fuel miser. I guess. It, the, it, I'm actually going to say something good about the CRX, and it was the fuel economy. That's the only good thing you. But the, you know what you could do is you'd also get the exact also same fuel really economy good. in a Civic, and it's yeah. better in every way. True, so the CRX is just a bad. I was going to say all the cool stuff that was on your CRX. If you put that on a Civic hatch, it would have been better. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I still really liked your CRX. Yeah, it was fine. It was good. It was a very good car. It looked cool. People like that. It looked cool. I never. I'm never ever going to own one again. I'm gonna. <laughs> oh, we've had the conversation. Yeah, no. I remember EF Civics? Yes. <laughs> All day long. CRX is never again. Um, so there's another thing that uh, GoGoRo is trying to do is uh, they're gonna they're th- hoping to eventually replace Tuk Tuks. Because I never thought about this, but the average t- Tuk Tuk yeah. emits on mu- it emits as much CO2 as ten Jeep Wranglers. I believe that because if you think about it, it's like gas scooters it in is, the same way. Well, I mean, no. If you think about it, it's a gas scooter, but it's also poorly maintained in a yeah. two-stroke engine. Yep. In an area that does not have any... With like, no catalyst. Yeah, no catalyst, no emissions requirements. Yep. Yeah, and, like, the Tuk Tuk's suck, like, as far as, like, environmentally. And if you just cool. had four of these battery cells in a Tuk Tuk, yeah, you're fine. fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. And then, like, you can just recharge them everywhere. And yep. that's why we were talking about, I think, Nigeria had their EV... I can't remember uh, the... Um... Their EV microbus program. That they were working on and the EV delivery scooters. Yeah, I remember yeah. the scooters and like, yeah, it seems like a, a genius idea, especially in a, a country that doesn't necessarily have a super robust power grid. Yeah, exactly. I think I think having <clears throat> well, just even with a good power grid, I think having a swappable battery is huge. Yeah, because like you can incentivize like uh, current service stations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you incentivize service stations. You, that, I mean, in America, if you think about something like this. Now have actually nice rest stops. Well, now you actually nice rest stops. Now every single city on a highway mm-hmm. has a reason to go there. Like you go there to swap your battery out. Yeah. But like at that battery swap station, you have to get out of the car. Well, to get out of the car, now you can actually go and enjoy the city for a second. Right. Like 
there is a lot of cool things. Like, I think of Tomo, Wisconsin, had something like this. Like, you could easily put a nice restaurant next to it. And then if somebody doesn't want to, like, pay the premium to swap their battery, they could just recharge it and go eat at the restaurant, I which wonder, would then cost as much money swapping it. When we get to the point where, like, these electric vehicles get efficient enough, and I'm mainly talking about larger stuff like cars, um, where the battery density and the weight of them and the size of them is to yeah. the point where, like, somebody could feasibly elect to swap out, like, five suitcase-sized 40-pound batteries and yeah. be on their way So instead of charging. Neo, mm-hmm. Tesla's competitor in uh, East Asia, mm-hmm. Neo has a program like that, and they're actually there in Germany now. And what Neo has swap centers where you can, I think, like, once a m- or twice a month, like, a certain time per month, mm-hmm. swap out the battery. And what you do is you drive, drive in. Well, you drive the car in. No, you, you drive the car in. You stay in the car. Mm-hmm. And you just drive over the swap thing. It's a little automated, pulls your battery out, yeah, but pops a new one in. Model S and X can do that, too. And it just it never propagated. Because they, they couldn't figure out a good enough way to get it done. But that's the thing is, Neo actually has. Oh. Yeah. Ah. Like, it's like a drive through car wash. Mm-hmm. And you just put your car there, and the car goes on automated mode. Automates itself into where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You put it in park. And then it swaps out the battery. There's another secondary battery that controls the interior stuff. Yep. And then it just swaps out the drive battery. Right. Traction battery. Yeah. And it actually, that's a feasible thing that Neo has. And it's, I think it's a good idea. I mean, there are people that are willing to pay substantially more, I'm sure, to stop for shorter periods of time. So and why that's not? A, well, with, with Neo, what you do is you get a certain number free per month hmm. to do that. So if you're traveling a lot, you can, you can just use your free battery swap. I think it's like one or two. But I think that's the way to do it is because you're not getting rid of the battery. You're not throwing it to the ocean. No, and then you're, you can like slow charge it too when it's in exactly, and that's cheaper what, power. And yeah, so for Neo, mm-hmm. like it makes sense is you have a slow charge, you put on a solar grid, and, mm-hmm. like that makes way more sense yeah. than fast charging, blowing your Tesla batteries to hell. Well, that and just the grid too. Yeah, it's like well, that's what I mean. Like yeah. there's like several issues, whereas Neo can do what they want and they have enough batteries that they're good. Right. And I think with. We were talking about VinFast, and they VinFast had their battery lease agreement mm-hmm. thing yep, yep. to lower the price. I wonder if that's what they're going to do with the batteries. They're going to be they would almost have to because the biggest issue with Tesla, why they never really kept doing it, is like tracking the degradation over time. Yeah, was really tough because you had like customer owned packs, different sizes, like yeah. physically the same size but capacities, and it just they focused on trying to charge them faster rather than building out that fast charge infrastructure. But yeah, they could. Like the cars are still to this day, you could you could the automated thing can do it in five minutes. I mean, it's not a complicated I think, process. I think that's I think that's gonna be the ultimate play here is doing the automated battery swap. It's like um, standard standard as a form factor for the batteries. I can see that happening. And you know, there's a reason why you have a Group Thirty Five battery. You have group size batteries right. because, <laughs> like, if you look at pre-war cars. Uh. Um, they were made of wood. <laughs> Largely, yes, yes, that's true. And if you looked at their sizes, they were made up. They were just wacky. It was whatever you felt like that day. It was the size of your battery, and it was and like... it's like a stitched leather pouch with electrolyte in it. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's really dumb how their batteries were. And now what people have done, because we have 120 years of figuring out how to put batteries in cars, you just put a normal motorcycle battery inside the wood box of the old battery. Yep. It's just, yeah, old batteries are ridiculous. And I think a lot of people with EV cars, and this is like a lot of people are scared of change because they just don't look at history. And me being somebody that obviously loves history, 
when you see EV cars, there is there's so many parallels to what we were going through 120 years ago. Yeah. When cars were in their infancy, it's like, how are you going to power them? Like, are you use gas? Are you use steam? Are you use electricity? I still think steam is the play, but um, it. Have you seen the mental capacity of an average individual operating a steam-powered machine? Yeah, it's massive. No, it's super dangerous. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you said mental capacity. I'm like, yes, yeah. the big brain, very big brain. Well, yeah, I'm saying, like, nobody that operates like a rogue is going to be able to operate a steam-powered Perfect. vehicle. Perfect. Okay, you know what? I'm all... Yeah, I've just changed my why, mind. This is why I'm a fan of steam. I've changed like, my mind. I, I also, I was having a conversation yesterday... Where I said, I understand I have some takes that aren't are the too best. Hot. They're too hot. <laughs> and that's okay. I'm not going to disagree with you for disagreeing with me. I don't think that my takes... I don't have takes that are like racist and shitty. I just have hot takes about weird things. Such as Steam being objectively better than every other power source. In a lot of ways, that is correct. I'd like to mention that this okay. came up after he was suggesting everyone watch the show Degrassi. It's a great show. Okay. The, yeah. You know, the, the I'm youth familiar with drama it. I from our, our youths. Mm. We're re-watching it, and Ryan's obsessed with it. It's, it's a great fun. show. It's totally fine. I love that show. I will defend But everyone was like, whoa, <laughs> Ryan, you're, we don't agree with you. And he's like, you don't have to agree with me. I'm like, this is my belief, that Degrassi's an objectively great show. It's fine. It is as good as Miami Vice, which I find to be the peak of automotive. Or not automotive. Oh God. The the peak of television writing was Miami Vice. We peaked a long time ago. It's been downhill since then. Your takes are insanely hot. Yeah, so but, hot. <clears throat> I will actually be able to defend these. And That's fine. I have no interest in arguing that. Particular that is how argument. I feel about Steam. Well, people were arguing with him, and he's like, "Hey, hey, hey, look." Well, listen, yeah, I'm not. I'm not fighting here. I'm just telling you my personal belief. He's I like, know. this is why I like this show. And he's Mo- like, I think everybody needs to give it a second shot. Because yeah. when, when you're a teenager, you're just going through those. Mm-hmm. So you haven't had time to like reflect. And it actually kind of heals how adults treated you as like a teenager. Well, that's what Jana says. I just say this is And like, he likes the writing. So. As like, long this, as, yeah. It but, is written in a similar way to like Law & Order or Miami Vice. Yeah. Where you have like, everybody's a shade of gray. There's nobody that's objectively a good person or a bad person. Okay. Like, even the person like Emma, who's like your Greta Thunberg, like, environmentalist, like, good person. She she's like a huge ruins bitch. Ruins everybody's relationship She's a catastrophic bitch. Like, all the time. And so she's like, <laughs> like, yeah, she should be the good person, but she's like, doesn't have the correct operations of a human to be a good ah. person. Yes. Like, yeah, no, all the information's there, but your your pipe dream path is missing a lot of exactly. really important that, that, stuff. That's exactly the thing. She's like, ultimately, yeah, she's like lawful good. That's oh, what she sick. is. Oh, lawful Jesus good Christ. does not make good things happen. So, yeah. And then everybody calls her out on it consistently. They're like, go save the turtles, Emma. <laughs> Anyway, tell us about De Tomaso. So this was a story I picked up just before the last time we recorded, which would have been probably a month ago at this point. It's not that interesting. We're going to cover it anyway. So the world, of course, needs more one-to-one power-to-weight ratio hypercars, right? Yes. I, that we need more of that in every sense, yes. Correct. So De Tomaso is going to go ahead and do that with their new P900, which unfortunately is not a Pantera, but maybe That's also fine. fortunately it's not a Pantera. No. The Pantera, everybody likes it, so it's not that great. So 
I, the reason when I was originally pre-reading this article, which I very rarely do, I really liked it only because Gordon Murray, his new cars, he goes on and on about how they're like the epitome, they're the best V12 that will ever be made, yet this one actually does have a couple things that it does better. So it's able to achieve a slightly higher redline, it has a slightly better specific output, and I believe the crank height is the same as the T50, which is really, really impressive. So it's a 12,300 RPM, naturally aspirated, no electric assist. This is, I have an issue with Gordon Murray saying stuff like that. Well, I do too. Anybody that ever deals in absolutes. A Sith. Sith. But <laughs> also, they open themselves up to being wrong, and I find it extremely arrogant. Mm-hmm. And I know I've done it, well, but I also know that I can be arrogant. Well, I mean, Gordon Murray did bring us the F1, but he's still riding that wave. Yeah, okay, cool. Like, you aren't the reason, the sole reason why that car was amazing. Enzo Ferrari brought us the the 250 GTO. Mm-hmm. He also brought us the 400i. And probably other garbage stuff, too, but I'm blanking now. What's uh, Lamborghini saying? Ferruccio Lamborghini? Yeah, probably. Yeah, Ferruccio Lamborghini? Yeah, he brought us the Mira. He also brought us the Yorama. Which I'm the only person that likes, and I know well, that. That's fine. Like, just because somebody brought us something good doesn't make them a good person. Like, Elon Musk gave us the Model S. Would you put Elon Musk in the good person category? <sighs> no. I, wouldn't. I, I give credit of the Model S to the designer. Yeah. Not Elon, because, like, I, oh, we, we could have an entire episode about what's going on with Tesla right now. Oh, oh my God. I'm so it's excited. So Screw Musk. Oh, my God. So, I mean, I've said that since before I've, I bought the car. I have but. always called him chaotic good. Which is not necessarily a good thing, as right. I called Emma lawful good. Being on the good side historically of things doesn't make you a good person. Correct. No, I've looked into that before too. Like Truman's I... a dickhead, and he was uh, he was better than Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> like, sure. Okay. Cool. You're better than Hitler and Stalin. All right. Great. But congratulations. You're still, you're still a dickhead. <laughs> but anyway, yes. <laughs> I'm working through that. Go, going back to our, going I, back to. I do to really, Tommaso. I really like the styling at the back end of this thing. It just got that like it almost looks, it looks like a '59 cool. Thunderbird or whatever. Can it's you bring like a those. photo of it on the screen? Oh, you've I'm, not sorry. Had it this I'm time. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, the front is kind of meh. Uh, it looks super generic, but yeah. Well, the, actually, most of it looks generic. In it kind of does, but like those like you know, jet you know, fighter you know portal like, head their tail. It looks like a car from F Zero. It, oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> it looks just like a car from F Zero, but but wheels. Uh, it does not have a manual transmission, which is really lame. Is it, isn't it like? Uh, is it just like a direct drive or something? Or? No, it doesn't pull like a Regera thing. It's it's just a paddle shift, single clutch. That's dumb. But it isn't in production yet, so they still have time to change the air of their ways. Yeah, no, you can make it worse by making it better. Correct. Yeah, correct. And, and like, let's be honest, or make it better by making it worse. We're yeah. in the era now. Where, like, if you're going to build something with a V12 in it, you may as well just cater straight to that one little niche that's buying it, because they all want the manual. This is the thing. And I learned this a long time ago, actually, when I had my Civic. Okay. You'll never be the fastest person in the world. You just need to have enough power to make yourself happy. Correct. That's why I'm okay with cars that are under 200 horsepower. I have enough power to make me happy. I'm not trying to prove myself to the world. I'm very rarely in a vehicle where I'm like, this is underpowered. Yeah, no, yeah, you, you get terrified by your uh, turbocharged wagon. It's quick. That's a very fast car. I've been faster, but... Probably, but you've also never been in that car. I've been in that car. Not under boosted power. Yeah, I have. Only we, John has. No. We brought it to um, oh, yeah, well, Cars and Craft uh, and overheated. 
Well, okay. That's when you've you never been in that car under power. I have. No. The rear end was no, kicking only out. John has been okay. in that car under boost. But you rode is... in it when it was at 6 PSI. Okay. John rode in it when I put the engine in out of the E36. Yeah, so this is the thing is, like, you can have a car that... car's terrifying. Yeah, no, it is terrifying, but that's the thing is, like, you can have cars that are, like, silly fast, but, like, it's still fun to drive even with a quarter of the amount of power. It was better that's, with 100 horsepower. Well, that's what I'm saying is, you, you can have a car that's fun to drive while slow or fast or whatever. You don't need to have peak performance all the time that's a phase that also, everyone goes through yeah and then and the they peak, stop the peak performance thing also like cool you have now spent millions and millions of dollars to have a car that's going to be the fastest car in the world for about six months if like, even if that yeah if even great job because there's all these car manufacturers are running out years in advance. like when andrew tate was trying to flex on greta thunberg with his with his bugatti veron i'm like tight dude you had a car that's the fastest car in the year or fastest car in the world since high school like, right Okay. I, all There's many cars that are faster than it now. Like, yeah, like the most recent uh, drag race replay or order from Haggerty, Camisa. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, they showed a Chiron Sports Plus or whatever getting its teeth kicked in by a Lucid. It's like, okay. Yeah. Great. You can just go buy that, you know? You just have a sedan now. Cool. Yeah. Which is good. Also, I absolutely love the story about Andrew Tate and Greta Thunberg. Are you aware of what uh, Yeah, I am. I was on vacation, but I, uh, I you, you can't avoid certain stories. So that was I, one of the of best it. stories I've ever heard. That was so <clears> funny. <throat> it's vaguely car related, so that's why I wanted to bring that up. It did it start keeps, with the car post, it yeah. It keeps throwing people being like, but you don't have a Bugatti. <laughs> they're like, well, someone's you... mentioned he's in prison now. Um, his cars might go up for auction mm-hmm. if they were, you know, purchased illegally, and they totally yeah. Were. So mm-hmm. somebody suggested we buy his Bugatti and break it into teeny tiny pieces. I'd say yeah, and then buy we his all have a Bugatti. A... Turn, it, turn it into zero. a washing machine, or no, uh, uh, Greta Thunberg hasn't had her first car. Oh God, yes, yeah, if she wants a Bugatti. No, but I think it'd be hilarious if she had ownership of it. That's true. Okay, so that before we break incredible. it up into a million no, pieces. No, like, yeah. the titles it's in Greta Thunberg's name would be incredible. Because like, all that. those F.U. Greta stickers on people's catalyst-deleted yeah. cars would be like, well, actually, she has a Chiron. Yeah, so she's got a, a, like, a quote-unquote cooler car than you. Her car's faster than yours. She just chooses not to use it. There yeah. we go. Okay, that might need to happen. I like though. that. I like that idea. If I had billions of dollars i would buy greta thunberg a bugatti and she wouldn't have to use it i would just like to be be better if she did yes i would i think it'd be hilarious for just the world to know that greta thunberg also has a bugatti and she just i'm really about this this is great i'm really about this (laughs) but i mean i'm also fine with it being completely blown apart and like yes turned into several several but yes good all human traffickers need to be thrown in prison yes also, this T Tomaso, it's going to be cool. It'll be better with the manual. Yes, yeah, so hopefully. I mean, it's not officially released yet, so maybe they'll have a. You know, uh, speaking of things that are better, even though they're slower, mm-hmm. LSs are fine, but you know what's better than, a, than an LS? K. A half of an LS. So a shittier K. Uh, nope, this is not a K at all. This is just a half of an LS. Cause a K, it's a shittier K. No, a K series has dual brake cams, variable valve timing. Yeah, it's better. Y- yeah, it, it's di- completely different. Also, flat plane crank. This does not. It's a cross plane. This is just a half of an LS. Yep. And so um, this I'm very here for because I think this is Blueprint Engines, if I'm not mistaken. It is, yep. Blueprint Engines made a, a half V8, which I'm here for 
Well, it's and, like a new trophy for, but good. Yeah, no, this I'm very <laughs> here for this. I actually mentioned that. I'm like, cool. Now we, somebody needs to make a trophy for Tempest with the flexi bet, with the little flexi uh, drive shaft and the uh, two speed transaxle. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that with a half of an LS. A drive shaft no thicker than a man's thumb. Yeah, that's this is great. <laughs> like, this would be absolutely perfect. I, I saw your comment on that. I'm like, I was waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, no, this needs to like, totally be put into like, a half V. Because like, there's a lot of very cool vehicles that came with half V8. So, mm-hmm. International Scouts came with them. Land Rover Defenders came with them. Uh, the Tempest, obviously. There's a lot of cool half V8s that were around like in the 60s. And this, I, I can't remember the power figures they quoted. And obviously, this is a really high-end one with a billet head and everything. But 3.6 liter displacement, which is a really big LS-based displacement yes. for four cylinders. But it made like four 450 foot-pounds of torque or something like that? I'm absolutely here for and this. And like 300 horsepower? I'm like, okay, I want to hear how it sounds. I bet it sounds awful. Oh, no, this totally sounds like a Fiero. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> okay, now this, we know where we're putting it This is an Iron Duke, yeah. <clears throat> we need a Grumman LLV stat. Yeah, this is perfect. Oh my God. I absolutely am in love with this engine. I want this <laughs> very badly. So, yeah, I just want the block. I can get the rest of the crap for I it. Like that it's an iron block, too. Like, you know they did that. Well, not even just for cost, but, like, because they're going to boost it and see what it'll yeah, do. Yeah, because it's an LS. It's, yeah, <clears throat> it's supposed to be an iron block. It's great. 10 out of 10. Big fan. Even though LS is, by definition, our aluminum block. And everyone just calls LQs and LMs. It's a Vortec. I'm sorry. A half Vortec. Small block. Yes. So, anyway. I dig it. Let's talk about your Florida recap. Okay. All right. So, I, I spent a week in Florida. and the, Why? Uh, I booked the flight before the hurricane, and then I went to the area where the hurricane was. So, you know, it's my luck. You, want, you wanted to look at slabs of concrete, basically. Uh, yeah. I really like the beach. Because it's really close really to like where my parents mm. have their condo, right? Probably. I don't yeah. know. I'm indifferent on the beach. Cool. I like the concept of the beach. I really like the beach. Uh, I really like beach bars. A lot. Beach bars are like them. Beach bars are like They're all gone right now. So yep. none of those. But anyway, I went. I flew down with my oldest sibling and his family, essentially. And he got a rental vehicle. Got out of the airplane, no problem. I'm getting to that. Mm. Walk over to the Avis budget line. They go. Also, incredible renting and not using Turo in 2022. Uh, there are not great Turo options down there. And because none of them are close flooding. to the airport yeah. because, well, there's that. But the airport isn't close to anything. Yeah. Which is great for an airport, not great for Turo. That makes sense. Okay, carry on. I used the restroom next to the rental counter. This is something you all need to know. I came out. He was done, had the keys. I look at him. What did you get? And he goes, <laughs> just gives me the face of like, oh, no. A big frown. And I say to him, oh, no, is it a Dodge Journey? And he looks back at me with the same face. I'm like, no, it's a Dodge Journey. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's really bad. Because we got or similar from a Mirage into a Journey when we bought the Lamborghini. And that was an experience. Anyway, so it's a red. This is so bad. He's haunted by Dodge journeys. Journey GT 3.6 with 52,000 miles on it. I think that we should get Mark for his birthday a Dodge Journey. Like a like a model of a Dodge Journey? No, nope. <clears throat> a real one. No. A real, like, buy here, pay here, like, $400 Dodge Journey with, like, transmission and timing chain problems. <laughs> I just say, you got you a car. I bought you, uh, I bought you Since a Since you can't seem to get you, away from them. You love them so much. You keep getting them everywhere you go. You always get one. And I thought it would be best if you just had one at home. Your very own The entire Dodge time. Journey. 
I'm like, what is the four-cylinder, four-speed auto one like? Because, like, the top-trim, all-wheel-drive, Pentastar, six-speed auto one was that bad. That was when you, um, we got a rental from Honda for this, when the CRX seatbelts were being replaced. Oh, what oh, was that? Oh, God, that's Civic. Yeah, it was, like, not the current gen, it's the 10th gen Civic? No, it's it. Yeah, the 10th gen. This is a 9th generation Civic. Is that the 2012 one? No, is it? Is it like the most hated generation? The of bad Civic? one, the one that like I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that about. one yeah, is yeah, that yeah. generation. Was, <clears> that was car. the worst vehicle I've ever driven in my life. So, it, I would. That is on par with the Mazda Millennia for his being a, a, one of the biggest letdowns. Because I came out of the greatest generation <laughs> of Civic to objectively the worst, the worst. Yeah. and like time has shown us that it is still the worst. Yeah, and how shortly it was on sale also it, tells us they that. They bumped the mid-year uh, change up a year, so they literally made the first, the pre-facelift was one year only. Yep. And they bumped it forward, and they just canned it. And I hopefully they canned the guy that was in charge of designing because it, it was bad in every way. Mm-hmm. That checks out. That tracks. Yeah, it was a giant sack of shit. So anyway, once we got it back to the condo, I, uh, I used it to jumpstart our 06 Lexus ES330, and I drove that the rest of the time because it was significantly better. Also, when I started it, it sounded very, very poorly, but the 3MZ was fine. One thing I do want to say, I put premium fuel in that thing for the first time probably in its entire life, and yeah. all of the weird transmission, like, just not super nice feels that that 5-speed had, hiccup it has? Yeah, it's got goes completely away. No fucking way. Put premium in it, goes completely away. Because I, for the longest, for two years, I'm like, this trans is going to let go. No, it doesn't. It's just, that's how it is. That's it just how it is. It has that weird little lurch. It does that, like, freewheel thing, and then it catches. If you put premium in the car, it goes away. Yeah, that that's always happening. Oops, sorry. It happens to, yes. It <clears throat> happens to just the way a Jana drives. Mm-hmm. It happens every single time it's she's driving It's infuriating at low It's speed. the worst sound. It's the worst feeling. I hate it. Yeah. Oh, that, I don't even notice Oh, it goes away. Because you've only driven. No, seriously, I'm like. As a daily driver. It does that weird lurch thing, the transmission. If you're in like a parking lot and you put really light throttle pressure on it, when it gets up to like 1,500 RPM, it does it'll like lurch. It does like the 2-3 oh, lurch probably. it does. Oh, it yeah. does that. Yeah, no, that, it's all fuel related apparently. Used, you, I'm, I'm so anyway, it's, it's fine, but if you want to get rid of that, that's how you do it. So huh. there you go. Now I, I do not have the money for that. So, Well, do you want to hear some more bad things about the Dodge Journey? Let's. Uh, did you know most small SUVs in America fail their crash tests? I'm not surprised that every SUV wouldn't fail all their crash tests. Because they're built to be the pass just, and then they raised the uh, crash test ratings because now everybody has an SUV, so they raised the crash test vehicle to be SUV-sized. Good. And, uh, yeah, HRVs, like the one Jana's sister just bought, the, the 2021 Mazda CX-5 is actually okay. That was the only one that was okay, but okay. the other nineteen failed. Nineteen, one out of nineteen did. A, so the Q3, the Buick Encore, the Chevy Trax, the CRV, the Nissan Rogue, the Subaru Forester, the Rav4, the Venza. You know I love the Venza, and still it's on here. Well, the new Venza isn't yeah, an old no, Venza. Yeah, but we're talking cur- current, right? Uh, XC40, um, Equinox, Escape, Terrain, Tucson Compass, Renegade Sportage. Crosshair. Or Corsair, sorry. Lincoln Corsair. Every single one of those got marginal or worse. And the sled is 4,100 pounds, which is pretty light, and it only yep. hits at 37 miles an hour. Yeah. Which is. That's not, horrifying. That's really bad. <clears throat> that is super bad. 
that's the weight of the Buick, which is still a light car now, <laughs> relatively lighter than say yeah. a Tesla, yeah, or yeah, a, any pickup truck. Three hundred and fifty pounds lighter any, than my car. Any pickup truck, yeah, oh, God, is heavier yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah, that's really bad. Um, there were two modern uh, crossovers that were worse than like the worst of the worst. Um, so there's like. You have, like, your five-star ratings. So you have the cars that get, like, two stars mm-hmm. or three stars or pretty much everything here. The ones that got one star were the Eclipse Cross. Good. <laughs> Fuck that vehicle. And the HRV. <laughs> oh, one star. Which I also hate. And that's what your sister just bought. <laughs> yeah, and I had to pretend to be happy. Anymore, so. But, um, yeah, the HRV's B-pillar broke at the bottom. And it allowed the crash sled that's to happening push. Right there. Yeah. It allowed the crash sled to push halfway into the passenger compartment. Like to the tunnel? Yeah. It got stopped by the drive shaft. Oh, there it is. So say... Oh, Jan- wow. It delaminated at the rocker. Yeah. So if Patrick and Julie are in the car and they get T-boned by a truck... Doing 37 miles an hour. One of them is going into the hospital immediately and probably never walking again. If they live. Oh, That's okay. horrifying. Do not buy that car. Don't buy a CUV. Got it. Do not by any means buy that shit because this is literally worse than a Mirage did. <laughs> well, I, I guess yeah. You're dragging around that much extra weight, and it's just—it's the weight of the not... vehicle working against you. Yeah. It's like before they had uh, crumple zones in cars; mm-hmm. they'd just make cars bigger and heavier. Well, all that extra weight mm-hmm. is now a projectile towards you, and. Yeah, this is, they th- didn't dissipate the energy. Now that I know people actually buy these pieces of shit, I'm actually horrified about this. Is this what it's like to be a dad probably. who has a teen driver that wants, like... Probably. God, this is awful. Youngest driver, this. safest car. Fucking A. I hate this. I'm such an old man now. <laughs> you made the art. I mean, you brought the article up. I know, but then I started thinking about it. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I don't like this at all. This <clears> is a bad world that we live in. They need to make this better. And by making this better, everybody needs a smaller, lighter car. Correct. We need to have... More Mirages. Yes. The Fiat should... 500 can't come soon enough. There should be a weight-related like tax on cars for registration. Yes. Actually, yeah. Or like... No, that's exactly what we need, is we need a weight-related tax, because... Oh, it'd be phenomenal! That'd be great! My Fiat 124 would have no tax! Like, the my Fiat 500, because it is newer and turbocharged is more expensive than my Mazda 5, and that should not be true. Correct. My Fiat 500, I should be incentivized to, to have drive a 2,350-pound car, yeah. Versus my older, worse, less fuel-efficient, slower, less safe Mazda 5. Correct. Which yeah. is still cool. It's Love cool, it. don't get me wrong. But, like, I also know what it is, and it's just subjectively worse in every way than my Fiat. That is correct, but... I like it. Very it's cool. fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm capable of putting my... Again, I... I Worse cars are better. Episode. Well, also, in this episode, I've been very pragmatic about my own opinions versus what is a fact. Like, fact, my Mazda 5 is worse than my Fiat. Correct. But I like my Mazda 5 still. It's mm-hmm. still a great vehicle. I also I like enjoy Mazda it. 5. Yes. I haven't seen it forever. Yeah, I know. Um, but the uh, Fiat is very fun and good. It's a um, fantastic car. It, but the government disincentivizes me from buying, from driving, or you know, like doing registering yeah, it yeah. because it is $25 more expensive to register than my van. Isn't that just the age right now? Yes. That shouldn't be. All right. 
Like, it, it's just ridiculous right. that my smaller, lighter, better car. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, people are driving an 11-year-old pickup truck that weighs 8,000 pounds. And has, like, one brake, one functional brake. And it's $42 it. a year to re- register it. Exactly. Yeah, that that's ridiculous. I think that lighter cars should be cheaper to register. Oh, don't forget the bald tires. Yeah, and the bald tires. Bald mud yeah, tires. Lighter cars <laughs> should be cheaper to register. It's just that our government works, like, disincentivizes people from making... I think that's a things. tremendous idea because lightweight is better in every single way. Yeah, it really is. And that really does help with everything. And it's like, you can't say that lightweight cars aren't safe because Formula One cars crash into walls at fucking 200 miles an hour and you walk away from they it. They look terrible after you crash them because they dissipate the energy and take it away from you. Yeah, like the car explodes. You're mm-hmm. right. And you walk away from it. Mm-hmm. I would rather be in a car that exploded and I walk away from it than an Edsel that didn't explode and I am now impaled by a steering wheel having to write my fucking will on my dashboard because I'm not able to be removed from the vehicle. Oh, like, <laughs> I mean, you had me at Edsel, really. Yeah, so. like, I'm sorry. Like, I should not be disincentivized to buy a lighter, better, safer well, car. Well, we live in a very stupid country when it comes to cars, so. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing. is like, when you have, like, I think that's a pretty fair tax. It's not, like, a wealth tax or something where, like, angry rich people are going to be mad about it, which, like, I'm have takes on that but are they hot mm, are they it, warm it depends on if you talk to other poor people poor people love my ideas okay rich people hate my ideas ah. but i think this weight related tax is fine because like also you don't have it be an insane amount like you cap it at something cap it at like 30 bucks right, keep the range that's there right because like if you don't cap it at 30 dollars mm-hmm. like a 30 dollar maximum tax then now Screw we're capping at 75. That's what the EV one is. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, my 500E just... was an extra 75 bucks a year. That's stupid. Oh, you don't recoup the gas tax. I'm like, no, fuck that. And I don't care, but boy, people in the Tesla group lose their minds when they get their first renewal and they see that surcharge. That is really stupid. the Sienna for $62. Jeez, that's a Jesus lot. You must have Christ. a wheelage tax in your county. Yeah. No, we're in Ramsey, dude. No wheelage no, tax? I'm in Hennepin. Oh, she's in Hennepin, but that's not wheelage tax. It should be forty two fifty. Yeah, why is that for so anything over ten years? No, I'm gonna believe you, but about sixty two dollars a year. That's I'm very curious. that's higher than it should be, yeah. Fifty two max. But that's similar. <laughs> That's what the tax should be well, like. Yeah. That, that is it working correctly. Yeah, yeah. Like, but also my Fiat should not be sixty dollars. No. Yeah, we'll have to see when I renew the tabs on the Lexus how much it changes. It's over ten years old, man. It should be fifty-two. Worst case down here because the, the counties are all different. Huh. Like a Noka County, I know is a wheelage tax. It's like thirteen bucks, but what yeah, I think because I think that is including the fees. I think that the. A tax on, like, heavier vehicles, like, obviously don't have it be unlimited. Right. But, like, no, I should, if I was, if I didn't have collector plates on the Buick, like, that should be more expensive to put tabs on than the Fiat. Yeah. And cap it at 30 bucks or something. Sure. So, like, 30 bucks on top of the other fees. Yeah. So, like, then you go to, like, all right, cool, the worst this is going to be is, like, 75 bucks. Like, that should be the absolute max for non-ridiculous car. Like, I agree, because, yeah, a new car isn't doing more damage to the road than an old no, one. No, and, like, a, like, an EV is objectively better for the environment. Like, yeah, cool, you're not paying your gas tax. You know why there's a gas tax? Because gas is bad for everyone. Like, 
I also love gas, but I know it's bad. I also like smoking, but here I am. Like, knowing that smoking's bad. Like... But there's just like there's just things that you people do and like they just don't separate their feelings towards it yeah. versus objective truths. Like I understand that they're dumb things I like. I just yeah, I don't get why it's age related when it comes to road tax. It yeah. just makes no sense. Because yeah, if you have a one year old like when I bought the Model S it was three years old, my tab bill was eight hundred bucks, I think. Ooh. Oh my god. And it gets God. cheaper every year until it hits ten. That's awful. But Holy hell. Well, so I'm used never to it. a new vehicle. Yeah. Don't, don't buy anything newer than 10 God, years what's going to happen to Julie? She's going to get whacked. Unless, 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 unless they brought fewer than 500 to the United States for that year, in which case you qualify for, for collector plates right off the bat, and then you pay a flat tax. And no more tabs. Julie has an HRV. Yeah, oh, she's fucked. Yeah, no, she's screwed. Yeah. She's a, also, she's she gets a 2021 HRV. She's in a big problem. She also just accepted a job at General Mills. So that, will help. that will no, help. No, she's fine, but also she's going to have the shock of her life because her Kia was previously 10 years old. But she never had to pay for tabs for that. She did not own it long enough. All the more reason she's going to be shocked. Yeah, she's going to be very, very shocked. Like, what is this? But she's what? the type of person that goes, oh, that's what the government wants for me. Here you go. Ah. Uh, mm. Yeah, but she's also going to... She's. Al- I'm also going to get a very panicked text about it. I will. Yeah, you will it. absolutely have a panic text. She will pay it, but <laughs> she's like, go, is this what you pay and all? But like, No, you bought a not. new card. This is why we buy weird old trash. And then send her the uh, link to the NHTSA video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we buy weird old trash for I'm reason. really nervous for when she finds out about that. The NHTSA? The crash test the thing? Crash yeah. Test. yeah. 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 No, there's a reason I haven't told her yet. Like, <laughs> she's going to sell that car. Because that's catastrophic. Maybe that, she'll that, get a car then instead of a CUV. The B pillar fucking detached. Well, it pulled the entire. Okay, so for the people listening, the HRV, like every unibody vehicle in existence, has rocker panels at the bottom of the rocker where you jack up, there's a pinch weld. That tore open and carried the entire B pillar into the car. That's so awful. Holy hell. And you can see the so inside of the rocker panel. Credit where it's due <clears throat> yeah. with Janice Buick. Uh, it's got an X-frame chassis, mm-hmm. which is, you look at the chassis, you go, I'm going to die. And actually, Buick designed around that. Because uh, on top of the X-frame. They designed around death? I, I know. They actually designed this to, like, they had the smallest modicum of making a vehicle safe in okay. 1961, which is, like, mind-blowing. Sure. Because, um, <laughs> all right, so you have the X-frame, which is, like, the frame's usually what. Super cool looking. Yeah, it's, but it's usually the frame is what keeps the car sturdy. Mm-hmm. But on the actual body itself, where it bolts to the frame, they put square, like a, like a square piece of like basically structural like steel. Yeah. That's like a secondary frame that goes under the floorboard. So now you have a relatively flat floor. But if you get T-boned, the floor is not going to just, just crumble cave right in, in like yeah. that. So I think it's actually fascinating that they actually made an attempt to have the car be somewhat safe. Right. With a half of a B pillar, they probably did it just to like make the doors feel nicer when you close them. But it has the unintended effect of like There's being safer. actually Pontiac never went with X frame because they uh, weren't able to make it safe enough. <laughs> like it was a safety thing. Uh-oh. It was a we- they had weird safety shit that was happening in the sixties. It was okay. very strange. Like they took the smallest modicums of like making things safer. We'll take a step. We're going to make a step so it looks like we're trying. 
but <laughs> I think GM. I, I think I think that's yeah a very GM, but B the also the biggest safety like, thing on that car is the drums. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, this is what I'm talking about just don't like, have the crash then. They do that, but then they'd have like yeah. So like if you get crashed into the car, won't immediately enter your lap. It will stop. It will stop anything that hits you at some speed. Possibly. Yeah, probably not 37 miles an hour from no. a 4,180-pound no. sled. But, no, but, but it will stop a car maybe at five, possibly. Perfect. Maybe. That's, that's all 1974 asks. But it's, very, it's very, very interesting when you see like a piece of safety equipment in a car from the 60s. You're like, oh, the seat belts in the 1600? It's like the Buick seat belts <clears throat> that are stuck in position. Like it's like a single like strap, and it just it goes from a metal like loop anchor on the left to yeah. a metal loop anchor in the middle. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's and an I'm airplane like, seatbelt. Huh. Yeah. And mine's mostly missing, so I'm like, well, I gotta figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> gotta add some belts because there's no way in hell I'm driving a car without a seatbelt. Oh yeah. <clears throat> oh, there's some cars for. If you get the Buick, if I put a three-point seatbelt into it, it'd be worse for it. Because... I'm not going to put a three-point in there, but I'm going to put a lap belt in it. Um, when I The when... Buick seatbelts are more to keep you from sliding out of the seat when you go around a corner. That's what yeah. they're for. I'll have Recaro's in mine soon. So When I um, leave my parking ramp in the Lexus, I have to like unbuckle myself to like get... It's... The pay station... Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I get you. Like, I have to do that a lot of pay stations. And I have to... Um, I, because I have, like, the card, I don't just, you know, stick my payment in. I have to make sure it hits the sensor just right. RFID, so yeah. I have to, like, take off my seatbelt to do it. And I always, like, sometimes there's somebody behind me and I have to go out to the street. And I'm always like, ugh, when I don't have my seatbelt on and I'm oh, like, I know. in the street. It feels terrible. But, like, I had a friend in high school that, like, we were briefly friends when Ryan and I met that refused to wear her seatbelt, and Ryan and I both were like, what the fuck? It's like my boss. He's got one of those cheaters in his X5. Every time I drive it, I have to take it out and buckle in. I'm, I'm like... like the, what in, year in, is this? Right? <laughs> like, there you what? go. Dude, I don't know. Like, it like, blew remember... my mind the first time I saw somebody that didn't wear a seatbelt. Yeah, I remember... I, when being... I was in Vegas, like, watching people do, like, rolling videos, they were still... Like, throwing the seatbelt through their belt loops so they don't fall out of the freaking car. Yeah. Uh, I remember briefly as a child, when you don't understand that seatbelts are there to save you, right. being like, I don't want to wear a seatbelt because they're annoying. I never was. The, like the, also, it was like, that was the 90s. That was the 90s. The shoulder belt know. wasn't comfortable when you're young and it's yeah. like up here. So like, for a while, I'm like, oh, I'll no, put I like that behind that. me. I like that because I could just lay my head on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like, still don't like it. It was that, a head hammock. But. For like when I, when I take so a that, nap in the car, that like bugs me. But like I see people, like especially larger chested women, they just like <clears throat> put it behind them, and that still bugs me. Because I'm like, yes, in some cars it does hit my neck and it feels weird. But I always just put a piece of fabric there. Belts put too much like, pressure on my abdomen, but I I found if I just rotate the belt where like the narrow yeah, end is against me, but I'm good. That's thanks, Ryan. <laughs> But, but yeah, like, I've I just, found a way around it, and I still wear my seatbelt exactly, in every car. Exactly, but I hate when people put it behind them or don't wear their seatbelt. Uh -uh. I'm no. just like... No, that work. We are in now 2023. You should encourage you them should to buy an it. HRV. Yes. If you don't wear a seatbelt... You know, if you're not wearing a seatbelt by HRV, you're probably better off, because you might get ejected from the car. Or it might push you into the passenger seat where there is survival space. That's what I'm saying. Like, you might just get ejected from the car, which probably sounds better than being... But it's going to scare being... them silly into wearing their seatbelts. Maybe. I guess, People are yeah. pretty dumb, though. Anyway, on that bombshell, yep. let's end the episode. Bye. Bye.